right, everybody, welcome back to Owning Your Authenticity. Happy Tuesday. This is me, Diana Terry, welcoming back with my first episode ever with a guest. I want you guys to welcome Katie Strang. She is a local mom and wonderful woman here in Ventura County. Um, We're going to talk all things authentic, all things, what it means to run a Facebook group full of women and um, a little bit of mental health, mental health, a little bit of everything. So I'm going to lean over and go straight into this. Katie, hi, welcome. How are you today? Hi, Diana. I'm good. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So just for anyone who doesn't know you or isn't familiar with you or what you do, just give us a little brief, like, here's who I am. Here's what I order at Starbucks. Here's, here's what's going on. <laughs> well, hello. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. I'm like <laughs> a little bit like, I don't feel that way about myself. Um, <laughs> my name is Katie Strang. I am a transplant here to Ventura County and born and raised a Southern California girl for life with the exception of college. So this is the furthest North I've ever lived. I oh. was brought up here because of my Phenomenal husband. I must have loved him a lot to leave the city to move up <laughs> here into the country. I'm a city girl through and through, so I still am working on that transition. But I've been here. How old's my son? I moved here right when we got married, so I've been here nine years. Awesome. And um, you know, the adjustment of moving from I call it the city. Los Angeles is not the city, but but I mean, from, in SoCal it is. Moving from. A city. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I mean, when I say the city, I, that's where I would like to be, which is Manhattan, which once my kids are grown, we out of here. Okay. I'm not uh, going to lie on my bucket list is living in Manhattan for a year. I told my fiance when we first met, I was like, by the way, at some point in our life, we'll be living in New York for a year. She's like, okay. <laughs> oh, at least you got an okay with my husband. It was, um, yeah, that's going to have to happen after I'm dead. I'm like, okay, I'll wait. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. He's a little bit older than I am. So I always say, well, when the kids leave for college, mm-hmm. I'm not going to push them, but I'm going to encourage them to go East coast. Then I'll there you go we'll just Syracuse, go. Syracuse. You stay in the city. They go upstate the best of both worlds. It's fine. I mean, we've got Columbia, we've got NY, we've got, pl- they can go to Boston. Like there's plenty. It's just, I don't know. I'm a West coast girl through and through, but I think it's, you know, you always want what you don't have. Um, what brought me to, uh, I think I said earlier, I don't be recording yet. Necessity is the mother of invention. I am mm-hmm. a big advocate of if there's something out there that is needed and it doesn't exist, why shouldn't you be the one to create it? So yes. I moved here, not knowing a soul aside from my husband. I literally had never heard of Camarillo aside mm-hmm. from my husband. I, I knew nothing, nothing. And family, most friends were still down in Orange County. Mm-hmm. My current life was in Los Angeles and here I am. So, um, newly married, newly pregnant. What's up, honeymoon baby. Um, <laughs> I come home from my honeymoon, um, in Ireland and with a, a lovely gift we brought back from Ireland was my firstborn, And I found myself really confused because I, you know, being a native to Southern California, I knew all the good doctors. I knew the good restaurants. I had contacts to everything I needed. Or if I didn't know, I knew who to go to. Right. Jump into Camarillo. I am clueless. I am clueless. I know nothing. I don't know which doctor. My doctor down in Laguna was like, Katie, you can't deliver with me. If you go into labor and you have to sit on the 405, you're going to have a freeway baby. Yes. 100%. 
100%. And I, I was cheers to the heroes like those firefighters who do deliver babies roadside. That wasn't my first choice. Right. You're like, that's not my birth plan. <laughs> not, that's not my birth plan. No, please don't let it be in my, we'll never drive that car again. Um, <laughs> So long story short, I found another, it was like a local mom's group. I forgot the name of it. I don't even know if it exists anymore, but it was like the first of like the, what now is well-known as a mom's Facebook group. Yeah. And one, one friend I met at a friend, I use the term loosely, a lady I met at the park that I was just desperate to talk to another grown up. Right. <laughs> I told me about it and I jumped in and they were talking, or I would ask, Hey, I need a good pediatrician. Like, Hey, I need a good dentist or Hey, where's the best place for sushi around here. And all the responses I got were, um, this place in Calabasas, this place in Agora, this place in Woodland Hills. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. That's great. But like, I live up here. I kind of think I'm going to put my roots down for a minute. Right. What about like a Camarillo area? Crickets. Crickets. Really? Nothing. So I'm like, okay, did, am I the only person that lives in this town or my, most of my neighbors are older, you know, their grandparents, mm -hmm. even great grandparents. And so I couldn't even go to them. And, um, it was just like, there has to be, there have to be young families in this town. Yeah. And so, there are, there's a lot of them. We now know that. Yeah. I was well, going to say so funny though, because like me growing up here, that's all I see. Everyone I know has kids and they all stayed here. So it's so funny that you have that different mindset when you come as someone who didn't grow up here, you're like, where is everybody? Where is this? I thought this was a huge retirement facility that I was living in. Like, <laughs> like different years in that movie. Remember she moves in with her grandmother and she's just hanging out at the retirement community. Oh, That's with cool. yes. Yes. In, uh, in her shoes. Yes. Yep. That I wish I looked like that, but that was me <laughs> <laughs> sitting, eating peanut butter in the kitchen by myself. Cause there were no people around my age that I could, you know, commiserate with about this new motherhood, especially not to jump back and forth, but with mental health issues, like horrible postpartum over here, which right. I didn't know what that was because I had nobody to compare it to. Right. So I was, had no one that I was bouncing, like my friends down, you know, all over the place who have already had kids. I wasn't comfortable having that conversation over a phone. Like, Hey, is it normal that like, I literally feel this way in this way? Yeah. So a um, little more insecure too. And also the guilt that comes with postpartum. There's like, a lot of shame, a lot of, a lot of. Or it's what Brene Brown says. If you're not in the arena fighting, yes. I'm not interested in your opinion. She is everything. And that's one of the things I have to replay that in my head. When criticism comes my way, mm -hmm. we'll bring it back to MLC. You when know, what's funny is your, your voice actually sounds like Brene Brown. You, you have a. compliment <laughs> of my life. I can die now. Thank you. And thank you. And good night. <laughs> you so really do sound wants... like her. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just going to keep talking then. <laughs> one of my friends, I, I, I think I quote her a lot. And one of my friends coined me like the local Brene Brown or something. And I said, I literally can die happy now. Like yep. I don't idolize people. I really don't like people are people. I'm not impressed by money or fame mm -hmm. or stats but just what she encompasses and teaches and told me, like she told me that what I was thinking, she's just call, uh, validating yes. all these things that I always thought, oh my gosh, you know, coming from a narcissistic yeah. family. I'm like, oh, I wasn't wrong about that. Weird. Yeah. You're like, oh, that does make sense. There's someone else out there that thinks this way as well. Well, and the reason I really like her and I, um, she's the first one, cause I'm like totally personal growth, self-help. That's what I read. That's what I go for. 
Um, and my fiance is not like, she's getting into it a little bit, but my fiance is going into the medical field. So I bought her Brene Brown and it was actually recommended to her in one of her classes to read Brene Brown because she comes from a fact, like a research base. Like she does research for a living. This woman is educated, which is why she speaks more to my fiance than she even does to me. Cause I love what she has to say, but if I'm com- being completely honest, I love when she speaks, I have a hard time with her writing. It's so weird because the way that she writes, I don't connect with, but the way that she speaks is like moves my soul, but mm-hmm. her writing and the way that she words things connects with my fiance. So I'm like, great. I'll just give you these books. <laughs> you read. I and listen. Then I'll listen. Exactly. Yeah. I always say, take the good, leave the rest, take what resonates with you and leave the rest. Absolutely. And what you're leaving, your fiance is taking. So everybody wins. Yes. So coming back to, yeah, coming back to this group, because it's how many, how many members is it now? 10 million. No, we're at seven. (laughs) Sometimes it feels that way. Yeah. We're currently at 7,000, but I'll be honest with you, um, Diana, we have probably 3,500 to 3,800 in the wings, um, in, in, you know, waiting to be admitted. Right. And the reason for that is I've, um, in my, you want to talk about research and data, my research, I've been kind of spying in other groups around the country, other mom groups. Right. And a lot of them I noticed will have upwards of 10,000 members, 50,000 members, whatever, but they're not vetting the members. They're just approving anyone who wants to join. Right. And something so beautiful and special in my opinion about our group is that it truly is local mm-hmm. mothers. I mean, some people throw a fit that this lady lives in Mississippi and she's in this group. It's like, yeah, she was born and raised in Camarillo. She's a military wife. She'll be back. Everybody calm down. Right. Like the fact that it's actually local. I mean, it's your neighbor. You know how I yeah. said when I moved, there's nobody around. Oh, guess what? There are 7,000 neighbors in this right. group that I can reach out to and connect with and say, oh my gosh, I really didn't like this doctor. Do you have a doctor you would suggest? Right. Oh my gosh, I really, I st- to this day, I still can't find good sushi up here. Can someone please recommend a good sushi? Oh, I, I got you on that one. I've got two. I've got one. Well, and ironically, none of them are Camarillo. But <laughs> there, there, and there Newbury Park, Newbury Park. <laughs> I've got one for you. It's a secret okay. hidden gem and I will tell you about it. Do not say it then. Just I know it I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it secret. It's my little my little so, gift to you. <laughs> oh, that was worth the price of admission right there. Thank you. So yeah, it was just a little, you know, 7,000 members. Um, potentially a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, just why don't you let the other members in? And I say, because that's going to take away the magic of this group that right. could um, inherently let in a not, I, I struggle on the gender thing too, because I have a lot of single dads who really want to be in mm-hmm. or because we're such an incredible network and support yeah. system and and I really, I'm currently at that spot where I am struggling with the fact that we're keeping it to um, female only. But I'm going to just, I'm just going to weigh in real quick, take it or leave it. Yes. There's a lot of power in women, women having the freedom. And I'm speaking as a gay woman, the freedom to know that we can speak freely as a woman and that that gets understood. Like there's, there's power in having a female voice heard by other female voices. Hundred percent agree. I just worry in my my current exploration of we talked a little bit earlier about me yes. being anti-racist and me being right. I want to make sure that I'm learning, I'm growing. 
I mean, if there is a, a, a trans, like that type, yeah, you know, that's like true. all the different genders, I'm not saying just the, the men who want in, I'm saying, what if this person is non-binary? And mm -hmm. so they have that they're, I don't think Facebook even had that Facebook even had that as an option for a while. So, I mean, it might've said male and I might've automatically said no. Right. And right. Of course I'm having this, like my heartstrings, internal, like oh my gosh, yeah. internal battle with, oh my gosh, what if the, so that's a whole different um, can of worms that I'm currently um, working on. Yes. But in, the, in the interim, I appreciate your feedback because truly a lot of women, and I'm not going to divulge anything we share on that page because we yeah. are in safe space, but there are some things shared on there that I have been shared that I would be really uncomfortable. And I'm an open book as you're learning. Mm -hmm. I would be real uncomfortable for a man to read or right. you know, learn about me. So there is something to be said for, for that safe space. Yeah. And I hope to all those women out there who are battling with mental health issues, who are struggling and suffering through something and their way to find support is through this group. Yeah. I hope they continue to know that this is a safe space for them. And we'll, I'll do everything in my power to keep it that way. I mean, the thing I love about being in this group is one, it's, <laughs> it's now my go-to specifically for things in Camarillo where I no longer Google because I'm just going to get whoever paid the most in advertising dollars Absolutely. Feedback where I'm like, no, I'm just going to ask the moms. And I, my fiance, I tell her all the time, I'm just going to ask the moms group. And she's like, what? And then like 20 minutes later, I'm like, okay, we're going here. We're doing this. And she's like, how? I was like, I, I just have this army of women who know what they're talking about. And I can just go on and ask them. And it's everything from like, where are these sirens coming from? Avoid this traffic. This is the best place for sushi, like you said. From the minute I graduated college, I was a businesswoman. Like mm -hmm. I was full for, I don't want to say corporate, but like business, business, business. I did finance. I did, did a whole bunch of things. That's another podcast because I've right. had 17 <laughs> Yeah. Um, I did used to work for MTV. I'm embarrassed, but I feel like I have to tell you that. But how so, lucky for you to have had 17 careers in that mind. No, how honestly lucky for you. People think, and I was just talking to my fiance about this and there's actually the podcast that's posting before this one talks about it about. Oh, really? Yeah. So the one it's the concept. So my future father-in-law worked for an insurance company, a major insurance company for 30 years. So we were always raised like you grow up, you figure out what you want to do by the time you're 18, you get two it. months of summer after high school. And then your entire life begins and you work for, you trade money for time for the rest of your life until they decide for that. You get to live on a fixed income when you're 62. And then that's your life. And you work at one company and they promote you and, they, and that just doesn't exist anymore. And my father-in-law, who is one of the most intelligent financial people I know, looked at my fiance and told her, cause she and I were both in the restaurant industry. I spent 20 years in it. She spent 15 and through the pandemic, we both completely were like, we're done. I'm done being treated like crap. I am done. Now, don't get me wrong. Food is my love language. I like, I have taken all the good things from this career. I like you. But, yes. Girl, it's a thing. <laughs> and so like, you know, she, sh she's going in the medical field. Her dad looked at her and he's like, I am telling you right now, as someone who was the last generation that had that opportunity to stay with the company for 30 years and make really good money that is not the world anymore. He's like, you quit that job, you go to the next job and then you go to the next job and then you go to the next job and then you make another $5 an hour and then you get a higher stuff. You do that 
and you put yourself first above all these jobs until you get to the point where you want to be, because that is how the world works now. That's it. That, that is amazing to hear you say that. Cause in my, like, you know, the way I was brought up, the way you just described it, it wasn't like, do you go to college? It was okay. You graduate high school, you go to college, you go to medical school. And then this is your life is planned out. Right. You pick path A through Z and they all have a, there is no straying. It is, you want to be a doctor. This is the only way to do it. You want to be an entrepreneur. This is the only way to do it. Only way. It's like literally a book of rules. And Diana, it's so funny that you bring that up because I literally, everybody I know, it's like, well, and you're supposed to know this by the time you're 18 years old. What? What? Like, and I was the, I was the anomaly here. Everybody I grew up with, everybody I know, law school, or, law school, business school, or med school. That's what, 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 like literally I'm picturing like the C's factor. Groups. Yes. Where the, the chocolate yes. just comes out and they push you down. Assembly line. I yes. know how to use my words. I promise. <laughs> I'm, picturing, <laughs> I'm picturing an assembly line. And I was always the one who. I wouldn't say like that my family was embarrassed because I was not the one on that, but I was on that path until pre-med undergrad when I was like, no, this no. is awful. Yeah. There's so many other things I want to learn about. I want to see, I want to experience. So I started taking some random classes and I do like this. I took one psychology class that changed everything for me. I want to try yeah. this, I took a, this class, uh, I took a psychology of death class and I was just, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I took you know, that's, yeah. that's what college should be. It shouldn't be just, this is what you do. So I appreciate you saying good job to that. Cause most people from my youth would say, Oh, who knows what she's doing now? Like she was doing this. Oh, that's she that's what this. people say about me. Oh, what, where do you work now? And most people I meet, they're like, okay, how many jobs do you have right now? Because I've never had less than two ever since I was 25, 26. I've always had more than one job whether it's a side hustle or whatever. And it's, well, that's also just because it's impossible to make enough money to live in this county. Well, to be in Southern California, it's a whole different story. Yeah. Absolutely. you got to have that hustle. Yeah. But I applaud you for changing that narrative because so many kids growing up, like if I was in high school right now, I mean, the world is changing obviously significantly, Yeah. but I love that you are focused on changing that narrative and that, you know, as my kids grow up, I vow to not make it a one size fits all world for them. Yeah. Maybe like my mom makes fun of me. She'll be, Oh, well, Katie didn't even want to go to college. She's, she tells me that now, but I'm like, you didn't, I didn't know it was a possibility that I didn't have to go. Like I didn't know I had options. I didn't know. I I wasn't told I had options. Yeah. I never, and I never met anybody who that's like who you're surrounded with. Right. Yeah. But it's funny because I, I went to like two semesters of college. I have never graduated college, but that until recently was a failure that followed me around. It was uh, what degree do you have? What college did you go to? Because that's how our generation was raised. And yep. I look at, and I look at my kids now and I, not that I'm not encouraging them to go to college, but I'm like, listen, some fields you need to go to college in. You want to be a pilot. You have to go to pilot school. You need to be educated in the science that understands that you are flying a plane. If you would like to be in the medical field, you need to have formal education. You if need you to learn would, how to properly place someone open, yes. Yes. If you would like to be a surgeon, there's requirements. Yes. But if you don't want to do that, then you need to fit, then, then the, there are other paths that you can take. A million like, other It paths. is not a, and you know, their dad has like four college degrees. And so we are the complete opposite spectrum. 
And I'm like, listen, if you want to grow up and be a scientist like daddy, then yeah, you, you, you follow the footsteps that daddy did. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. if you don't want to do that, then let's figure out what your path is and what it looks like for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. There's just so much more opportunity. Self-education is different. Some of the smartest people I know have no formal education and some of the, pardon my French, but stupidest people I know do. And they bank their, their rating as like of successful or an intelligent adult on the fact that they have a college degree. I'm like, listen, just because you got stoned at a university for four years and barely class past your classes and get to hang it on a wall doesn't make you smarter than me. It means that you accomplished that in your life. And if that's what makes you happy, then I'm happy for you. Like, but it doesn't need to be a tool to be used against other people. Cause that's kind of the opposite of the point of educating yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. And I can't think of a for instant right now, but I'm thinking of, you know how they hand out like, just like degrees to famous people. Yeah. Like, Oh, Hey, Justin Timberlake, here's your medical doctorate. Because honorary degree. Honorary degree. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, yeah, the point of it is we're not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their strengths. That doesn't mean you have to follow this path in order to be someone else's vision of success, because maybe your vision of success is to open a local, local coffee shop, which I love. Cause I don't want to go to Starbucks. Like mm-hmm. go, go do that. You probably don't need a business degree to do that. Mm-mm. So just follow, follow your heart. That business makes me think of a book. I want to like send you a copy or something. I read it during the pandemic. It's called the authenticity project, which I actually read as I was developing the title for this podcast, Mm -hmm. but it's a a fictional story about an older man who is finds himself like retired and alone essentially. And he starts this book called the authenticity project. And he writes his story in a notebook and he leaves it intentionally in a certain space And in there, he's like, he tells the person like, read this and then write your story and then leave it for the next person. And it goes around and it ends up connecting all these people from different walks. It is, I'll have to send you a copy. It is so good. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I'll send you a copy. You'll, you'll need to read it now that all this time. Okay. So I have a lot of free time, so please send it. (laughs) But I do love to read. That's my okay. That's I was my gonna list. say, if you read, give me your top three books that if someone, if someone needed support through a book, like think of you and your hardest time. What three books do you wish someone just handed you that would have helped you shift your mindset or get you to a place that you needed to be? I I don't want to narrow it down to just, you know, who, so I'm trying to think of someone else. Cause you know, you know, the books I'm going to list. I know they're all going to be Brene Brown. Dear all of them. All of it. Yes, I know. Okay. You're and not allowed Doyle. to list Brene Brown. And Glennon Doyle. So, oh, oh that, have you listened to her podcast, by the way? I haven't listened. Oh. Remember we were talking about some people like to read some like to listen. Oh, yeah. I okay. read, I have not listened but I will, I will okay, now. I'm not going to lie. We've been recording this podcast and I bought her book untamed for a friend. And she just texted me like in the last 10 minutes. And she was like, I just started reading untamed. This book is amazing. I got that message while we were talking. Life the universe changing. aligns yes. like all the, okay. We'll count all the Brene Brown books as one. Got it. Glenn and Doyle. And this is a little bit specialized. So this might not apply to too many of your listeners, but 
for me changed my life and saved me so much money in therapy. Shout out to my therapist that recommended this book. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I could have paid for your kid's college if you hadn't told me about this book. <laughs> Literally, I even said to her, I'm like, you realize like you just took years off of income coming from me by giving me this book. She's right. like, yeah, I knew it was going to help you. It's called The Narcissistic Family. Okay. So it's funny. I, I don't have that book, but I have a book on how to retru- recover from narcissistic trauma. It, I didn't, there weren't many books out about it. So no. she sent me that one. And I was like, like I always say the necessity is the mother of invention. I'm like, we talked earlier, you said you have a book in you. I have so many books in me, mm-hmm. but until we like up my Adderall dosage, I will not be able to sit <laughs> down and write it. <laughs> so we're finding ways to like, I'm like blogging to myself. No one, it's not a published blog, but like trying but for to make- you though, that habit of writing is half, literally half of writing a book. I, I'm, I'm trying so bad. And I have a friend in the industry who was like, Katie, I'm literally waiting for you to just hand me your book. I'm like, I, I know we need to, I just need someone. I mean, even my husband, sometimes I'm like, babe, I need to, we'll be watching a movie or a show. And I literally will hear the lines before they say them. I was like, this is so predictable. And he's like, right. no, you're just a writer. Like you knew what was coming next. And I'm like, oh, I know. He's like, go write. Go and do something. Like, it's like, it's like when I send Brene Brown to people that doesn't make them read it. Like him right. telling me to do it. I still haven't. And do I you, know. Do you mind if I ask, what does your husband do? I always ask because I'm curious about the juxtaposition of relationships and their careers. Because like Amanda is, we met in the same industry and now she's going into the medical field and I'm the complete opposite. And I think that speaks to what makes a, at least for me, what makes a relationship healthy, you know, like the differences, we Mm -hmm. are polar opposites, Diana, we could not be more different, which was such a nice, I mean, I, when I would date people who were very outgoing and gregarious and like life of the party boys, like I had so much fun, but it was always like, no, I want the attention. I want the attention. attention." So he is like quintessential, brilliant introvert. Um, he's in finance. So okay. he's like, yep. I wear a suit and I, you know what I mean? I do the and numbers. Like, yes, yes. That's my knowledge of that. He always struggles with, he's like, do you know what the word budget is? I'm like, no, I don't, don't. And I don't want to learn. So You're stop. like, but I know my pin to my <laughs> debit card. <laughs> I know my, my credit card number by heart. Is that the same? I know. Uh, <laughs> But it's so funny that you say that because my future brother-in-law is going into finance and I love talking to him. Like we have the best conversations because like there's certain overlaps in like a lot. We have a very similar views in mindset. And so his mindset is all focused on like business and finance and, and the mindset of making money. And mine is like, I'm going to meditate and like, have this conversation. But it's funny because we have that one thing in common. And then we talk about completely opposite things, but it's such good conversation like mm-hmm. conversation with him is so, it gets my brain working and I love it. Because it's stuff that you and I, I, I find, I'm finding we're very similar. So it's yes. stuff that you and I might yes. on our own, not just start thinking about, or, you know, wondering right. about. And I think that's the beauty, not just in relationships and, and marriage and such, but in human interaction, I don't want to be friends or surround myself with people who are me. Right. I want to and I, I've had a lot of spiritual and emotional growth in that sense throughout this pandemic. I literally don't want to say the P word anymore throughout this, uh, this year. Um, right. so saying the word <laughs> pandemic, yeah. um, throughout this year that 
the more I surround myself, talk about education. You're not getting an education just by going to college. You're going, getting an education by the people you're surrounding yourself with Mm -hmm. and the cultures that you're exposing yourself to and the different personalities, mindsets, and beliefs. So, um, I digress slightly. I think all you asked was what does your husband do? I'm so sorry. This is the beauty of authentic conversation is that it goes where it needs to go. I love it. I love it. But I love love that you guys have like, there is a juxtaposition and you guys can still sit there and be like, no, like I love, I mean, even with like me and my fiance, like I meditate every morning and I like, I believe in a connection with the universe and she's like, cool, I'm going to go study my biology book that tells me that your brain works this way. And I'm like, I'm getting little tidbits in there now where I'm like, Hey babe, do you notice how we had a really positive outlook on this? And then look at this great thing that happened. I said, isn't that an amazing coincidence that the universe gave us? And she's like, Oh, and she gets out her like data peer reviewed study that was like, well, actually, why that happened? But it's funny because yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, we have very similar views on a lot of things and very different views on other things. And I mean, I think that's the beauty of, of human connection and finding that person that you're like, no matter what it, what it goes to, like, you're still my person. And I've like full disclosure. I've been married twice before. This is my third marriage. We're getting married next year. And I told her, I knew from the day that I met her, I had heard of her. I knew of her the day I met her in person. I literally the next day called my best friend. I was like, I'm going to marry her. Like, I I know you all think I'm insane. I was like, I'm going to marry her. And they were like, yeah, whatever. We lived in different cities. Our first five months together, we saw each other once or twice a week and we would FaceTime. That was our entire relationship for five months. And then she moved in with me and my kids. And I was like, that's, that's it. Awesome. But like you said before about like um, education going away to college, why does a relationship have to look a certain way? Why does yeah. it have to be that you met your mom, your, you got set up or that you met in a bar or that you met online or whatever? Right. What a beautiful yeah. story that yeah. is yours and is unique and is only for you two. That's amazing. Yeah. But I love, I mean, and if you really think about it, like any path you take, whether it's your career too, because I think there's a lot of you having to feel your way into your career, into understanding, like whether that career is a traditional, I make money and pay the bills of it, or my career is being a mother because that I was a stay-at-home mom for one year. And I would like, I, I can't even express the amount of work that is and, and mental and emotional energy. Like I have immense respect for the parents, men, women, you know, non-binary, anything that can stay home and be a stay-at-home parent. It is incredibly hard, but whatever it is you choose to do with your life, whatever your energy goes to, there is no path for it in a traditional sense because no one has ever done it in your way. I don't know if like I've said it on the podcast numerous times. I'm like, no one has ever lived the human experience the way you're living the human experience. You could have the exact same down to the date, graduated the same class, went to the same places and you have a completely different human experience than the person doing it with you. 100% Dana, like we were speaking about earlier and forgive me listeners, we talked a little bit before we went record, we recorded, but like you said, how different your children are. Like yes. they were raised in the, like I look at me and my siblings, we were raised, or even my children, raised in the exact same environment, exact same DNA, mm-hmm. same parenting, same education up through high school, same, same, same. And you could not pick the three most, three more random subjects off of this planet than me and my siblings. 
Yeah. Like we had, you would say we had the same experience growing up. We lived three different lives. It's, it's unbelievable. But it's so funny because when, when COVID hit, the P word hit, um, I had a situation with a friend where we had this, we had gotten into it and I, she said something along the lines of like, we're all in the same boat. I was like, no, no, no. You know, we're, we're all in the same storm. We're not in the same boat. One person is drowning. One person's in a yacht. Someone's in a dinghy. Someone's stranded on the beach. It's all the same storm. It's all happening, but everything that happens in your personal human experience is different than everybody else. And that's why, like, you know, when I get imposter syndrome with this podcast, I'm like, who, who, what gives me the right to speak? I'm like, I give me the right to speak because I bought the microphone and I record the words and then I say them. That's all I need to have the right to speak. Much like anybody has that right to speak. You all have a voice to say something because every human experience is different, mm-hmm. you know, and Absolutely. even coming back to you with your, your mom's group, it's funny because I'm in numerous mom's groups on Facebook. And there is a difference between all of them, but it's funny because I, and I didn't know, but prior to our conversation that you are very conscious about how many people you let in and that there's all these thousands of people waiting to get in. I didn't know, but that makes a lot of sense now because it's not, you can see other groups getting 10, 15,000. And then that just goes, you lose the connection and you lose and there's so many posts a day that now the one that would have impacted me is lost. Like, you know what I mean? It. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My goal here is connection, yeah. human connection, support, especially for moms. You mentioned a stay at home mom being, I mean, it is the hard, I, like I said, I've had 17 careers. There is nothing harder nope. than staying I, at home with your children. Nothing harder. I did it too. And so I want the support, but I want the support for the working moms. That's not easy either. No, Working it's hard. hours a day and then, and then feeling guilty because you're not with your kid. And then, oh, don't or when your kids get older mom. and my daughter's now like, mom, why, why it's summer in your home? How come you have to work? I'm like, well, do you like food? Like, do, do you, like do you like that clothes? roof for your head? Do you enjoy <laughs> I have to work because we have to pay for all of that. <laughs> push that button on the wall. Do you like that a light comes on when you push it? <laughs> yes. No, it's so hard. And it's not being comparatively uh, speaking that, oh, working, I hate this fight. Working moms have it the hardest. Stay at home moms have it the hardest. Single moms have it the hardest. It's not a competition. It's literally not. Like drowning in that storm the fastest. It's a matter of we're all, like you said, we're all in the same storm. Meanwhile, I'm holding on to the yacht, trying to pull myself up. Someone else is comfortably, you know, on an airplane flying over the storm. There's- It's just so frustrating. And hopefully the connection we start to build, even at like a, you know, a minuscule level in the scheme of the world, hopefully some of that becomes contagious. And when we realize Mm -hmm. these are our neighbors we're talking to, you mentioned keyboard warriors. Yes. When you realize that woman that you are tearing apart is the same woman that you helped because her kid was crying in the line at Target and you were, you you tried, you're a different, if you're a different person. Behind a screen than you are in front of people rethink your life's choices. If you're going to sit here, tear a total stranger apart. I've been on that end a million times, Mm -hmm. but then you meet that person out in the real world. And you, you know, this two-faced business, this safety of being behind a screen, this connection is connection. Like you're still, these are still humans on the other end of the keyboard and on the other end of the screen. So I just try and preach that. And sometimes it's hard 
I, again, overall, if it's a safe space, if it's a, a helpful, useful space to our community, if that's, you know, when I first moved here, I tried, I walked right into city hall and I, I wanted to run for city council. That's how I thought I could get involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, hi, I would like to be on city council because I just moved here and I want to be involved and I want, you know, and, I think and I'm, this- just to be clear, I'm not laughing at the idea of you being on city council. I'm laughing at that. You're like, well, this is how I make friends. <laughs> I don't know if it's the friend part, Diana, or the control part. I'm like, if I have to live in, if I'm moving from my big city to this tiny town, if I get on city hall, if I get on city council, does that mean I can bring in new restaurants? Does that mean, (laughs) no, I want to think we desperately need. And that's why I want That's why I wanted to get involved in that sense. I was like, do I have to be like the city planner? What is that? I am so not um, well-versed in all, how all that works. I have no idea, (laughs) but I'm like, how, what do I have to do? We've gotten some great breweries in town. Like what do I have to do to get some cute shops and maybe like, I don't know, some yummy, not chain restaurants. Mm -hmm. I do not enjoy a chain restaurant. Um, So yeah, that, that was mostly my motivation. Like, well, if I'm going to live up here, can we maybe make it a little more, I think you spoke about being a foodie. Yeah. Oh, that is major, my life. major. Your listeners can't see me. But I, worked food is in a, I worked in a restaurant group in LA. I'm like 100% spoiled. I have like, and I, I cook, I get down in the kitchen, but it's like most of my travel bucket list revolves around trying food in different cities. And I'm not even joking. Like, I, we're going I to Chicago in two weeks. I almost pizza. When flights were really, I almost flew to Chicago for a burger like four months ago. And my fiance was like, stop drinking wine. You're not booking any flights. We're going in three months. You can have the burger then. I was like, fine. I won't spend $200 on a burger. You know, I mentioned I was in Manhattan right before the shutdown. Um, Yeah, I was there to see friends. Do you want to know the restaurants I ate at? (laughs) That's why. That's why I was there. Just kidding. Well, and to see, I'm a Broadway baby. So I had to see some shows. Um. But But yes, I get it. To get back to your original question, what motivated the drive for the merch was people asked for it. Um, I have a girlfriend who, who I met through the group Mm -hmm. and she's a graphic designer and I'm, I'm a computer nerd through and through, but when you're talking like actual design, I just wanted someone else to get someone else's opinion. Yeah. And he threw together, we met a couple of times and she's been a member since day one. So she knows what the group means. And she threw together a few designs and she came up with the one that you'll see now. And I was just like, it was so all encompassing. It was like the way it's within with it. There's so much meaning behind that, that it just like made me explode. So I'm like, all right, my sister works in, she owns a, um, a fashion line. So, so I mentioned, I talked to her about like manufacturers and like, how would I get this made? And I worked with her and she was so sweet to help me. Um, she lives in Texas, but she was so sweet to help me get all that handled and so we did like a couple testers and I got the items and I had my friends come over and I was like, okay, hey, everybody put something on. We're going to do a photo shoot. Yeah. And um, then that never came to fruition because of people's, people's schedules, lives. It's like, you yeah, know, we got to do this. Wait, I need you guys here this time, whatever. Right. And my girlfriend's a photographer. So we were just going to make it happen. And it just never happened. So it never like went to where I thought it could go. Mm -hmm. But it was just like, hey, like, and I love my MOC hat. I wear it. If you see someone out. It's very cute. I don't have, I need to get one. It's very cute. I'm going to have to send you one. It's super cute. And it's so subtle. It's not like, I'm a big fan of like, not, of. I love labels because I love fashion, but I'm not the one who's going to wear a shirt that says Versace right across it. I'm going to be honest. I shop at the thrift store half the time because Uh some of my cutest clothes are like from the Goodwill. I don't even care. I love it. 
I love it. Yeah. I also love the simplicity of it. it's literally this big, like yeah. it's this big. It's just a really cute hat. And then yes. you get it. Oh, one of the teachers at my son's school was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, we're about to have a conversation. <laughs> I don't we're know if I to want to know, know what that is. <laughs> I was out of the way. It's well, it. I can tell you right now that I met one of my clients through the group. Did you a post that wasn't even mine and it wasn't hers. I commented, someone tagged me in a post and then she saw my name in the comments and we got to talking and we've been working together for almost a year now. That's awesome. Yeah. Amazing. I have I my commission. Do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. I have two more questions for you and then I'm going to let you go. Cause I know we both have lives and all the things. Um, I'm a big fan I of could talk to you for I hours. You're amazing. Go ahead. Yeah. We're going to get together at some point. I know it's going to happen. But um, it's going to have to happen. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast once and I don't know if you know who Jay Shetty is. Um, he's the, yes. he wrote the book, I think like a monk. Um, <laughs> he talks, he was talking about people's identities. Cause when you go and you say, okay, well, tell me about yourself. You're like, okay, well, I'm a mom to two kids. I'm a business owner. Like this is my real, my real of who I am. And none of them actually, they're all my identities in relation to other people. Mm-hmm. So removing your identity of being someone else's mom, someone else's daughter, the, you know, the, the person who started MOC, tell me one thing about yourself that is like, this is who I am removed of who I am for someone else. Sorry. That's a really heavy question to like throw on you. I could have like, I know (laughs) that's going to take a minute friend. Um, what? That is a hard question. Let's see. That's, that's my point. This is why I ask people, because why is it so hard for us to know something about ourselves? Because our identities, I'm not generalizing my identity. Actually, when I say our, I mean, the people closest to me, our identities are based on that of which we provide to others. Our identities are, oh, I'm like, when you, when we first started, you said, tell me a little bit about yourself. I was like, I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. I have a couple I have a couple businesses. Um, I, I couldn't even tell you what I love. Like, I didn't even say like my favorite place in the world is the beach. I love like these things that are, make us special and unique. I, I'm a mom. I hate, and I hate that. I just saw a TikTok. But that's, but that's not a good enough answer because we know you're a mom. I know you're a mom. No, are you, are you an empath? Are you a, yes. are you a giver? Are you a, like, do you, is, are you really good at sleeping? Cause I'm not like, give me something about yourself <laughs> that is completely separate no. from you for somebody else and you from this group. I've been through some hard shit in my life. This is the hardest question that I've ever had to answer. So um, are you a survivor? I'm a, Oh, she's going to try and make me cry. I'm not is trying to make I- you cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am Beyonce always. I am I am a survivor. I am an empath. I might've mentioned that to you earlier, which you did. sometimes hurts my soul because when you internalize that, mm-hmm. some serious, serious things that you're- Empaths need the biggest boundaries. Amen. And empaths have the hardest time keeping those boundaries because yes. while I set them up and I'm so good at that, I might also be good at like letting those boundaries come down, which is because a you're Because you are putting someone else above yourself. You have this- oh, yeah. Yeah. Always, always. And I would never, ever, ever accept help or let somebody, um, or let put myself ahead of that concern, you know, right. put my mental health first. Oh, are you kidding? No, 
Like, what can I do to help you? Which is a problem. Hashtag middle child syndrome. Oh, um, yes. that, let's talk to your fiance. That's science. I've read a few <laughs> that yes. interesting. It is brain. It is amazing. The science behind that. So, um, which works out for me because I come from medical family. And so you have right. to talk science to them because they don't believe in this. Oh, another right. story. Yes. Oh my gosh, Diana, how am I going to answer this question? I, I can't answer that question. Can I have someone else answer that for me? You can get back to me later on that one. You that is because I feel like already the conversation that stemmed from it is like something that everyone needed to hear. That is the hardest, hardest question. I'm still, I've been I thinking about this. I listened to that podcast. Like, I mean, it was, when did I listen? We were coming back from a vacation in with a very small group of people during COVID. We stayed at my dad's cabin all with like, we all like isolated and then got together. There was like eight of us. And I ended up being in a wakeboard accident and like fracturing my face and all those things, whatever we came back. So it was a year ago. And I've been thinking about this since then. I've been thinking about this concept of like, who am I when I'm not me for someone else, when I'm not a mom or when I'm not a child, like someone's child, someone's fiance, like take away all these identities related to someone else. And then what's left. Well, I have, I'm totally transparent with you, which I have been from the get-go. First of all, I'm a Broadway baby because every time you say "Who am I?", I want to say Jean Valjean, and then I have when no you no idea what that I, means. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a line from a Broadway show, and then when okay. you say "Who am I?", I'm singing the song from Moana when she's answering "Who oh, am I?". So I love that movie. My kids never want to watch it. I love that movie. I watch it without them. I'll watch it with you. I watch it by myself all the time. My kids won't watch it either. It's and, it's the best movie. I cry every time I hear the music. The connection with her and her grandma is something I relate to. And it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is a notorious Broadway writer. So let me educate you about that. All right. <laughs> I like right. it. I've learned something. And yeah, the first one was from Les Mis. I would encourage you to, I think it's a movie now. So you can it is a movie it. now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely a Broadway baby in my uh, next life. I would like to be a Broadway star. I just can't sing or dance. That's what's hindered me from getting there. <laughs> minor, minor detail. But you're a writer. Uh, I am meant to be, I was put on this planet to be a writer. And for whatever reason, I cannot follow through. I am the queen of undiagnosed ADHD until I went myself to a doctor at 32. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I know like my parents who raised perfect children, like perfect. There could, there can be nothing and there is nothing wrong with having a diagnosis, but there can be nothing wrong. Right. Um, had I been diagnosed earlier, I probably would have already been a published author, not to sound cocky, but no, there's, there's I, a difference between confidence and cocky. I, I, I know what I am capable of, but my brain would not allow me to do it. So mm-hmm. I am a fighter in that I I've had to be, to have my own voice heard. I am a sur- I like that you said survivor. I think we all are. Mm-hmm. I think we're all survivors. I am, I'm a dreamer. I am the one who people might like real, real um, textbook people would look at and say, you're nuts. Yeah. Like, no, there can't be peace in the world. You can't love people. Like there can't, you can't be friends with someone who you disagree with. You can't, all these can't, these naysayers, these, you can't, you can't, you right. can't. That's I just, am, those fear-based uh, mindsets are not welcome. No, I'm, I'm a dreamer. I think hate begets hate and love begets love. Like there's no question. And I hope 
that even though what I consider this to be a tiny, tiny, tiny platform on like the spec of this universe, that if, you know, we can light that spark a little, little, little fire mm -hmm. that it can spread. And that's back to my why, like that's my why is to be the good, to be the change, to yes. inspire. If it's not actually me who's doing it, like I know my limitations, I know what I can and cannot do. And if I can't do it, perhaps I can lift others around me who are capable right. of doing it. You can just give the assist. You're like, I got the, yeah, I, I, I don't score goals, but I say I was, I played a soccer for 13 years and I did not score a goal myself for the first seven years, uh, but I assisted plenty of them. So those goals you know wouldn't I mean? have happened without you. Right. So it takes back to the, it takes a village. It really does. So that actually leads me when you said you're a dreamer to my last question is that yes, hopefully I can answer. you can answer this one. I know you can, because I feel like you've, you've done that internal work where you're like, I'm going to project my future and see where I'm going. Yep. When we look back and if, if in 10 years, five, 10 years, whatever, if someone looks back and listens to this podcast right now, I want you to say three things that are going to be true in 10 years whether it's you're a published author or whatever it is. I want to hear your three things that you're like, cool. I said it first on this podcast. I'm putting it out into the universe. And then 10 years from now, we'll come back and play this episode again. And you'll sit there and be like, check them off the list. I love this question. I loved your okay, last good, Cause the last that one was, was not <laughs> the last one kind of <laughs> attacked you. <laughs> not that I didn't love your last one, but that was hard. And I, I am a, you know, I'm a control freak. I have to know everything, <laughs> this and that. And I didn't have an answer for you. And that made me angry. <laughs> so I love this one. Okay. 10 years, three, three things, three things, right? 10 years. I am now a published author. I like that you're some, saying it as I am. I love that. Thank I you. am a published author of some of a book that has helped many people. I love it. I am. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Putting it into the universe is going to happen. I, I, oh, I'm trying to keep the mom thing out of it since their last question. No, you can still, I mean, that's, this is different. I mean, you can okay. hold those identities in, in these goals that you're going for because okay. that's part of it. Yeah. The huge part of my life is I am raising incredible humans who are kind and compassionate and giving. Love it. That brought a little tear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, now that you're only letting me have three, I'm like, oh, I've got two more. Okay. Don't let me hear both of them. Let me hear I, Well, one of them is so selfish and one of them is, yeah. So I, this is the one my gut's telling me to tell you. I have healthy relationships with family, friends, and strangers alike. I love that. That That's... I'm trying, I'm trying to internalize. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is huge because, you know, rather than all... internalize, why don't you put it out there so that it's, it's out there. It's not just you anymore. You don't have to white knuckle it to make it happen. It's out it's... there now so that you're open to the help that needs to come. I am because as much as we talk boundaries and as much as I told you, one of my top three books was the narcissistic family. Um, at the end of the day, I love my people. I love my family. I, it's hard. I'm not going to lie and say boundaries are easy. Like the boundaries that I keep up for my mental health right currently, mm -hmm. I'm open 
thing in 10 years will have set the precedent for healthy relationship moving forward. If both sides are capable, right. You know, you can't ask a man with no legs to walk. It's what are they capable of? So yeah, those, oh man, that is a great question, Diana. Wow. I love that you just took that in stride and went with it too. I love that. I love, like, that's an inspiring, that's an inspired question that I'm going to go ask my husband that I'm going to ask everybody. I know that question because that is, and it's been, yeah, keep going. I want to hear what you say. Oh, I'm sorry. It's almost like a, um, it's like a double dare. It's like, okay, you put that out there. (laughs) We're going to come back and we're going to watch this and we're going to see, first of all, um, how young you were when you thought you were old. Cause we always do that. When we look back. <laughs> That's the constantly like, show us a picture of when you thought you were fat, but you were really not that. Oh girl. Every girl, girl when she's 16. I know. <laughs> Literally I was 20. Well, I was started at 12, but I was looking through old pictures. We talked about purging earlier. Marie yeah. Kondo is my yes. life right now and her husband for a few years. And I'll find old pictures of high school, even college where I was literally ill in the eyes of a doctor too, right. too, too underweight. And I look at the picture now and I'm like, I literally in my head believed I was morbidly obese. Not that I was like chubby, morbidly obese was the term I would use. Right. It's, it's sickening. Whole nother story. Yeah. But yeah whole, whole other, other, whole other conversation. We have so many more podcasts to do. Right. <laughs> so this, I love your question that you just put out there because not only is it like, it's a great way to get to know somebody and see what their goals and what their aspirations are but it's also a great way to be held accountable of, okay, well, these might be three things that you have to tweak your why towards. Mm-hmm. Like if this is where you want to get your why maybe doesn't look the same to get here. Right. So see, and I, I see it completely opposite is that you have your why, and that's the thing that drives you. And then you have those goals. So you're like, okay, I want, so when you say I'm going to publish a book, that's going to help people you probably have a pretty clear vision of like, okay, it's going to be in this arena. It's going to be in this part of Barnes and Noble. What if the book that you end up writing has nothing to do with what you think you're going to write? Like for me, I have a book in me. What if the book that actually ends up helping people is the children's book that I've been putting off and not the book about my life? You know what I mean? Like you don't get to, it's, I've, I've been struggling in the last two weeks literally leading up to this podcast, which is why it's so funny with the idea that I've been white knuckling everything. I know how to do everything to get where I want to be. And I've been trying to do it completely on my own because we, we talked about this before recording. I just had this, this block when it comes to religion, but I've recently realized that there's a difference between me connecting with the power of the universe or a higher power and that organized religion. Right. I'm giving up the control power, the control freakness of myself of being like, I have a dedicated plan. I'm literally like, you can't see it right now, but I have four sheets of paper of a week by week plan of things that I'm accomplishing down to like bullet points, everything. And I'm like, this didn't work for me because I'm trying to white knuckle it by myself. But when I put it out and say like, this is going to happen, I'm going to be open to it happening in the way that it's best to happen for the biggest impact Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of the way that I assume it's going to happen, that may not be right, but I am open. To, I know it's going to happen, but I'm open to it happening the way it's supposed to happen. Not the way I've decided it needs to happen. That is amazing. And <laughs> that, well, it's all about expectations, right? Everything you're saying is, oh, well, it, it's going to happen this way. And expectations lead to disappointment. So yeah. setting yourself up for success by having it all, you said you have all your like boards behind you, like yeah. you're setting yourself up success. Whereas like maybe where I said, I'm going to do this, this, 
does that put out the expectation that if it doesn't look just like that, I'm going to be disappointed? I, I hope not. But, and if it does turn out to be, I, I'll just use your example, a children's book that ends up yeah. changing the world, so be it. But I think, and here comes some more selfishness. I like it. Let's hear it. Full disclosure, selfish coming. I think the reason I want to write is for me. Like I read a book and I can't think of the name of it. I know you're surprised that I forgot something. I forgot the name <laughs> of it. I just finished the book. It's by a very famous writer who has a pseudonym. So like, even if I said his, his name here, you wouldn't know who that was. But he writes a book. I guess he taught a course on how to write a book. Mm-hmm. And he writes a book that's like basically telling you, you've had this book and you forever write it. Right. And he speaks to something that I felt so deeply that you're not writing a, you don't write your book concerned about your reader. You're writing your book for you. And Mm -hmm. that kind of melds with, I hate that everything is either a TikTok or a meme in my life that's resonating. But there was a TikTok that said, um, you're not writing a book because if you're thinking of your audience the entire time you're writing, you're writing to them. Okay. What would they like? You think you know your audience, you don't. You don't know who's gonna choose to pick up this book. So writing, oh, I remember what the TikTok was. Maybe you're going through, you mentioned the word survivor. Maybe you're going through everything you're going through right now because your story is going to be a setup to help somebody Somebody else else. in the world. It's like a chef of a restaurant. You're sitting there, you don't write, you don't create dishes for the person who's gluten-free and then the other person who doesn't eat seafood. You create dishes because that creativity is what speaks to your soul. And then other people come and the reason they connect with it is because your soul was in the dish. So your soul's in the book. Your heart is in the book because that you were writing to yourself. And then other people see a little bit of themselves in you and that forms that connection. Amen. It's like you're literally my interpreter right now. <laughs> because where I'm very good with the written word, not so much with the verbal. <laughs> All the words I was trying to get from my brain to my mouth and my uh, non-neurotypical brain set and how it works. Thank you for putting it all into a coherent sentence. I got you. (laughs) We're connecting. We're we're in line right now. I get it. I love it. Thank (laughs) you so much for doing that. Because everything I just like stuttered for 30 minutes was that one sentence you just said. Yeah. Um, I just want to put out there. Okay. If someone wanted to support you, if someone says, I love what she's doing. I love how she's doing the group. If they wanted to support you in a way, they can go to momsofcamarillo.com and the merch is on there. There's like a little bit about you. Any community events are on there, right? Mostly, yes. I find Instagram is a lot more updated than my website, just to be honest. Um, You're going to get more up-to-date info and more currency on Instagram. You're reminding me I should go update the website. (laughs) Um, I had hired somebody to create it because I was not, I didn't think I could, but since then I have taken over. So um, I would say Instagram's a great way. Um, And your Instagram handle is just moms of Camarillo. At moms of Camarillo. Correct. Um, Like you said, the Facebook group is pretty exclusive in that we're just- In the best way. In the best way for safety and just to keep it, keep the good that we have going for us. Love it. Um, do I did just start who knows what's to come of it. Remember we spoke of a little bit, my struggle with like not letting that single father in and not letting a, yes. a different yes. gender identity. in. I did just launch MOC community. So it's moms of Camarillo community. And I'll be honest, I, I think there's maybe 10 people in there now. Cause I haven't really, pr- I'm not good at promoting. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've had a few people join. Cause I said, I've had that va- like very valid 
concerns from people who are like, you are such a wealth of information and knowledge. And it would be so helpful from babysitters and local nurses and nannies and people yeah. who are in the community who are just like all this information that we don't have access to. So I just for fun, cause I have time. I just created that group. So if you know, that grows to 10,000, a hundred thousand people, so be it. That, and that's, that's is it perfect. moms of Camarillo community or MOC community? Moms of Camarillo community on Facebook. It's a group on Facebook. Yes. And love then, that. And then the Instagram. Yes. And so you asked how, um, people maybe not local, maybe Oliver could support me. And we spoke of our, our wise a few times mm -hmm. lately, you know, I did thank you for bringing up the merch. I did bring up the merch on the sole basis that I was like, you didn't bring up the merch. I brought up the merch. Oh, <laughs> Thank you for bringing up the merch. It was it was created on the sole basis that people wanted it. That certain events we were going to host, that people wanted to wear their MOC shirt or their MOC hat or throw an MOC sticker on their car so they could be like, "Hey," and um, being clear about the MOC sticker, just the MOC. Yes. And um, and that was great, and people got stoked. And I think I have like, I now have wine glasses that say like Real Housewives of Camarillo yes. and like, just doing silly things like that that moms are loving. But on top of that, in my quest to find manufacturers and my quest learning, I've never done anything like this in, mm -hmm. in manufacturing and, and uh, merch and such. And in my research and through my sister, who, as I said, owns a clothing brand, I found a lot of struggle within me of giving a lot of these people my money because of the way these things are made, where they're made, how mm -hmm. they're made, and how they are not paying their workers without getting too um, specific, I did a lot of research into where can I source and support others? Like it goes back to the whole premise of, you know, Tom's shoes where you buy a shoe and he gives a shoe. Mm -hmm. Like that simple, simple theory, who, by the way, like everyone in this house has at least 10 pairs of Tom's because of that. I was so inspired by it. Right. And so I started looking like, how do I, how do I do good? Like, how do we incorporate all of this? Mm -hmm. So in my research, I have connected with humans across the globe who stand for fair trade, fair pay, you know, um, ethical business practice. And yeah, it costs a lot more for me to source from them, but guess what? It's worth it to me that these people but have food and shelter night. who are making, I can sleep at night. So I have evolved it kind of taken away from the actual MOC because the whole world, you're going to sell so many MOC hats. You know, we were talking about right. the marketing aspect. There's so many people who are going to buy a Moms of Camarillo hat. So I started researching into other things. And through the pandemic, it really shot my why. It shot me to a whole different place. And um, going through some really, really rough times, some dark, dark times this last year, mm -hmm. my friends would do what, uh, what one of my girlfriends coined porch fairy. So I would never answer the door. Like I wouldn't. And um, she would like, it was like a ding dong ditch and you'd yeah. go to the door and there'd be a bottle of wine. There'd be a huge batch of fresh baked cookies. There'd be just something to bring joy and to say, Hey, I'm still here. We're still friends. You, you matter, you know? Yeah. And so that evolved to where it was like, it spread, then I would porch ferry someone else. And they would, I mean, it was like a, a, a game of, um, not a game of telephone. It was like hot potato, like here, yes. here, and just kept spreading the joy. So I brought that in with my, that evolved to, I have friends, I went to school out of state, so I have friends all over. So I started just mailing people porch ferry things. 
And I realized I'm giving by porch fairing. Of course, I went the easiest way to ship something. And so I kind of incorporated that in, I kind of brought it all together. And I ended up creating a whole new business that is called Just a Little Token. Because growing up, my mom always said, if you go to someone's house or you're, anything's going on, you got to bring just a little token gift. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be anything big, expensive or fancy, but you got to bring them just a little token. So I had that in the back of my mind. And so I began sourcing internationally only from suppliers who pay fair wages, take care of the, the people who are taking care of us. And so I just launched that site and I haven't, like we could have been talking about this the whole time. Why are you, why are you keeping this small? What are you doing? Because because of what I told you earlier, I'm so uncomfortable in, I'm not good at promotion or marketing, obviously you would, you would not believe well, that. Here's the thing. Now you, you have people, I know, but when you, that's the thing about if you literally live with your why, if you live to impact in the best way, you create that impact through other people. Because now I'm going to talk about just a little token. And, and then someone I know will talk about just a little token and it's creates the re the whole way it started is the way it's going to spread. So, and it's, it's literally just a little token. Like I'm not sending you a $200 bottle of wine, but here's just, just, you know, I was thinking of you and I love you and we're going to get through this. I love that. That's That's amazing. And so where can people find that online? What's the website? Is there an Instagram? Tell me the things. Absolutely. So my website is justalittletoken.com. Love it. My Instagram is at justalittletoken. All right. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. And I'm so glad you're feeling better from this morning when you weren't feeling well. So I'm glad that everything aligned and we were able to have this conversation I am so grateful for this opportunity when I saw your message and I'm so sorry. I don't know why I didn't see it. Like when you sent it, it was, I don't know, a couple of weeks later and I was so honored and flattered. And to be honest with you, I was like, I need to listen to her podcast first. What type of (laughs) podcast does she have? And then I got hooked on your podcast. You were like literally a Brene Brown-esque voice. I'm not going to cry, but I literally, you know, I have a lot of free time where I get to be by myself. So I would listen to you in the shower. The only time I'm alone, I literally put my phone right next to the shower and I just like would just listen to your podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It was just, I was honored after listening, especially after listening to what your podcast was about. I was honored that you would think to invite me on. So I sincerest gratitude to you and what a blessing to have met you. I know we are officially, this is the beginning of a friendship I've decided. I'm very awkward at making friends. So this is wonderful because it was through a computer and I'm like sitting at my desk in my room. So, so I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone for listening today. We so appreciate it. If you enjoyed this conversation and want to share it, um, screenshot it and share it on social, you can tag both moms of Camarillo and owning your authenticity on Instagram. Um, you can always visit just a little token.com or moms of to follow Katie and all of her community efforts, and feel free to send us any messages at owningyourauthenticity.com. We just so appreciate you guys listening to this episode, and we hope that our conversation um, sparked some inspiration in you or had an impact on your day. Um, Thanks again, and we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Mm